little perspective that sort of changed my life. If the earth were the size of a golf ball, okay, the sun would be 15 feet in diameter. Okay, that didn't seem to move anybody either, so let me try it a different way. Let me just try it just a different way. I thought I might need this, so I brought a golf ball, okay? So all through the evening, this is going to represent earth, all right? So this is where we are. I need everybody in the building to look as closely as you can and find yourself, okay? And when you've found yourself, I want you to nod your head so that I know you've located you on the earth, okay? You're nodding your head? Okay, you found yourself. If the earth were a golf ball, the sun would be 15 feet in diameter. That's not 15 feet in diameter. Can we blow that up just a hair and maybe give them 15 feet in diameter? So here's a little perspective for you, okay? Is this working for anybody? Here we are on the earth, and that's the sun. It's so big, it's so big, you could put 960,000 Earths inside the sun. So if the Earth were a golf ball and the, and the sun were 15 feet in diameter, you could put 960,000 golf balls inside that 15-foot diameter sun. That's enough golf balls, by the way, because I know that seems like a big number, to fill a school bus with golf balls could fit inside the 15-foot diameter sun, it's a massive star, and it's one of hundreds of billions of stars in the Milky Way galaxy, our cul-de-sac in the neighborhood called the cosmos that God has made. It's huge, and we're worshiping a star-breathing God tonight, but I want to tell you about the second star, okay? Because the second star absolutely wrecked my life. I heard about it when I was a high school student here in Atlanta. One of our youth leaders did a talk and he mentioned this star. I didn't know how to talk to God for about two months after I heard about this star. It's called Betelgeuse or Betelgeuse. You can pick your pronunciation. I'm obviously going with Betelgeuse. And Betelgeuse is incredible. Here it is in the night sky. I know it doesn't look incredibly ferocious. But it's 427 light years away. So that's 427 times 5.88 trillion miles away from us right now. Draw it in a little closer with the Hubble Space Telescope. And you can start to get a little bit of the feeling of its intensity. But this is the crazy thing about Betelgeuse. Are you ready for this? Betelgeuse is twice the size. Are you ready? You think I'm going to say twice the size of the sun? Oh, no. It's twice the size of the Earth's orbit around the sun, Betelgeuse is. It's crazy. If the earth were a golf ball, <laughs> Beetlejuice would be the height of six Empire State Buildings on top of each other. Now, come on. Have you seen the Empire State Building? I mean, maybe what you're going to need to do is gather the family, get a golf ball, get some plane tickets, and fly up to New York. And you're going to go into Midtown. You're going to take your golf ball and put it on the sidewalk outside the Empire State Building. Don't worry about people thinking you're crazy. They're not even going to notice you in New York. You're going to go across the street. You're going to look up at the Empire State Building and imagine five more Empire State Buildings on top of the Empire State Building. That's Beetlejuice, and that's the Earth, and somewhere you're on it. You could fit 262 trillion Earths inside Beetlejuice. So if the earth were a golf ball, that would be enough golf balls to fill up the Superdome with golf balls. 3,000 times. <laughs> when I heard that as a teenager, that stumped me right there. Because most of my praying had been advising God, correcting God, <laughs> suggesting things to God, drawing diagrams for God. 
reviewing things with God, counseling God. The third star, let's just, can you go a little bit bigger with me? The third star is called Musifi. Here it is in the night sky. It's that gold star to the top left. We, we have the big image of it. It's 3,000 light years away, but I just want you to see it in the, in the span of all these little glittering stars so that you know that at times when you look up at night, it is not just twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. I'm telling you what you are. What you are is intense and huge and massive and ferocious is what you are. And, and this one used to be called Herschel's Garnet Star. Check it out. If the earth were a golf ball, <laughs> Musifi would be the width of two Golden Gate bridges end to end. Apparently, you're going to need to go from New York to the West Coast. Go to San Francisco with your family and your golf ball. Place your golf ball at the beginning of the Golden Gate Bridge. Go across the bay into Oakland to a high place where you can see the entire Golden Gate Bridge. Another second Golden, Break, Golden Gate Bridge will be in your imagination. Span all the way back the two Golden Gate Bridges to the very beginning and find your golf ball over there. That's the earth and somewhere you're on it. One of the stars in the Milky Way galaxy. It's so big you could fit 2.7 quadrillion earths inside this one star. Thank you so much. Where have you been all night? 2.7 quadrillion Earths inside this one star. But it is not even the biggest star we have found. I love science. And science has just brought us the largest star they found. It's called, are you ready for this? Canis Majoris. Now, I'm no linguist, but that's a cool name for the biggest star we've found so far. I think that means the big dog star, and that's exactly what it is. I bring it to you as a little bitty purple you know, glow just to the right of center there. But Canis Majoris, oh wow, if the earth were a golf ball, <laughs> Canis Majoris would be the height of Mount Everest. Thank you. You just saved your family plane fare from California to Kathmandu, Nepal. Almost six miles above sea level, the highest point on the planet. And I just dare you to get up there and unzip the parka and pull out your golf ball. <laughs> you could fit seven quadrillion Earths inside Canis Majoris. That's enough Earths if the Earth were a golf ball to cover the entire state of Texas in golf balls 22 inches deep. You see the one you're on? The text that I'm going to focus on here, John 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So that video, some of you who are older youth might actually remember seeing that video at the junior high youth gathering a few years ago. But 
It was, the speaker is Louis Giglio, and while I don't agree with everything, that is very, very good video to give you an idea of the grandeur of creation. I mean, think about this. Here's a golf ball for perspective. This is the earth. And apparently it's sponsored by Lutheran Hour Ministries. But this is the earth. And he's giving all those analogies. And he actually, he actually undersold the size of Canis Majoris. Because I actually did research on it. And I wanted to compare the numbers and, every, and the data. And Canis Majoris is actually several quintillion times larger than the earth. Which I, that's the first time I ever used the word quintillion. And it is enough to cover the state of Texas, but not just 22 inches, but 104 feet deep. If you want to know what 100 feet looks like, go to Sioux City, find um, Sergeant Floyd's monument, that big obelisk right off the highway. That is 100 feet tall. Find a four-foot child, four child sta stand them up there. Don't really, because that's probably a danger. But at, at the top of their head, that's 104 feet. Imagine the state of Texas completely covered in golf balls that high. That's how big that star is. And the thing is, is it's not like the Earth is tiny. The Earth is actually pretty good sized. If you took every single person on the planet Earth, little over 8 billion people, and every single person on the planet was given an average sized American home, you would have enough, you would be able to fit everyone in the state of Alaska. And you're probably like, oh, I'll bet you'd be really crowded. Nope. You still have room for the entire state of Iowa and Illinois. And that's just one state on our planet. That doesn't include Canada, which is the second largest country in the world. Doesn't include Africa, the second largest continent. We have a pretty good sized planet. And the thing is, is you could even go smaller. And to show the very deep, the minute detail of creation. I've used this illustration before. Right now, it looks like I'm touching the pulpit. But I'm not actually. In fact, it's not possible for me to touch the pulpit. If you had a super powerful microscope, which they actually have one of these at Iowa State University, you could zoom in on my fingers and see that they are, in fact, not touching. And the reason is, is because the outside of the atoms in my finger cannot, they repel against the atoms on the pulpit. That is how tiny it is. If you use, even with the best glasses, you can't see that. But think about it. Our God created and he sustains every little atom all in all of the earth, in every person, in every object, in every planet, in every star, and everything in between, he creates and he sustains it. All things were made through him. 
And without him was not anything made that was made. We indeed have an awesome God. We have a great God. We have an extravagant God. But the reality is, is that God is scary. Because we are not holy. We are not right. In, of our own nature, we are not righteous. So often, every now and then, you, there's this one song. It's like there's a song that goes over and over and over. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. And like, if God showed you your glory, you'd be dead. You don't want him to give you your, his glory because you can't handle it. He is holy. You are not. And so, John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God, the one through whom all things exist, became flesh. This, by the way, is why it is so important to come to church on Christmas Day. Way too many people say, oh, nowhere in the Bible does it say Jesus is God. That's because you always go to church on Christmas Eve and never come on Christmas Day. Christmas Eve, you hear about the little baby in the manger, but you've missed Christmas Day, which says that one who was in the manger is God in the flesh. That's Christmas Day. There's a whole lot of heresies in, in the world that could be squashed just by hearing that verse every single year. But God became flesh. So when you come on Christmas morning, you, you see that little, you see that manger, the baby. Whenever you look at any baby, remember that the God through whom all things exist without whom nothing, not anything made, was made, without, he became a little baby. Why he become a baby? He became a baby because he loves you. Why does he love you? Is it because you're super duper smart? Is it because you're super duper pretty or a handsome stud muffin? Is it because you're really, really, you're a really, really nice person? Or maybe you're really, really good at your job, or really good at school, or really good at some type of leisure or whatever? No, it's none of those reasons. God loves you because all things were made through him, which includes you. He created you. You are who you are because he made you the way you are. Now granted, it's been distorted by sin. And there's, there are defects in us because of our sinful nature. But your personalities, your gifts, your talents, God made you that way. I know we grumble, like, oh, I wish I, didn't, I had different eyes. I, I wish I had different hair or whatever. God gave that to you. He made you the way you are. He, that is why he loves you. Because you were made by him. That can't ever change. If we look at our beauty or our smarts or all those other things, that's relative. 
But whether or not you're created by God, that is absolute. It cannot change. So why does he have to show his love by becoming human flesh? Because he had to die. Because the reality is, is we, live in a, we live in a bad world, in a bad news world. We know what's going on in Gaza. We know what's been going on in Ukraine for the last year and a half. We know, we see the brokenness on the news every single day. And the brokenness is in our own hearts. We have sinned in thought, word, and deed by things we have done and things we have left undone. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. We were destined for eternal judgment. So out of love, he came to die for you because there is literally all, no silver or gold or talent or anything can achieve salvation. The only thing that could bring about salvation is the blood of Jesus. So the very one through whom all things were made became human flesh for you. The one who creates and sustains this earth. He was mocked, betrayed, humiliated. The one through whom all things exist was flogged, stripped, forced to carry a cross down the streets while he was while he was humiliated, spat upon. The one through whom those magnificent stars, the planets, and all everything in between exists had nails driven into his hands and into his feet for you. He through whom all things exist rose from the grave. He ascended on the high and he sent the Holy Spirit to to create and sustain faith for you. Because by it you have the promise of salvation. And so whenever a child is baptized, whenever anyone is baptized, when the water is poured and you hear the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. When you are baptized, the one through whom all things exist, you are clothed with him. That's why I wear this white robe, to remind you of the righteousness that, you, that we all receive in our baptism. The one through whom all things exist, he, his word is spoken to you every time you gather here. The one through whom all things exist, his body is in that bread, his blood is in that wine. Delivered to you, giving you forgiveness and life. Now, what does this have to do with going? Well, about a week, a little over a week ago, it was 18 postseason games in a row the Twins had lost. It was the longest losing streak in all postseason losing streak and all of professional sports. When they won game, that 19th game, 
It felt like they had finally won, they had won the World Series. And then they won the playoff series, woo! I mean, yeah, they got knocked out by the Astros, but they won three playoff games after losing 18 in a row, and that is pretty awesome. And as a Twins fan, it's a story to tell. When story, when there, it, whenever there's a good story to tell, we, we want to tell people. When we go to a game and something happens, whether it's something, whether it might be the rain on Friday night or something like that, or talking about the, play, the playoffs for OABCIG, maybe you might be talking about that. There's stories that you talk about. Just because we call it a story doesn't mean it's a fiction. Because, yes, it's not fictional. That 18-game losing streak is over. Yay. But stories we are called to tell. That we want to tell. We want to share them. And there is no greater story than the one that you have. That the one who made everything. The earth is but a gulf but millions and millions and millions of golf balls compared to all, or trillions, quintillions, compared to some of these stars. God, he became human flesh for you to redeem the world. There is no greater story than this. Jesus says in Mark 16, verse 15, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Or as the hymn we just sang, How shall they hear who have not heard news of a Lord who loved and came, nor known his reconciling word, nor learned to trust a Savior's name? How shall they hear? You go. Tell the story. I love to tell the story. There is no greater story to tell. God became flesh for you. Out of love for you. And there is salvation in his name. How shall they hear if we don't talk? If we don't speak? And I know it can be scary. Remember that little story in Jonah? Jonah chapter 3, he had to go to the Ninevites. When you go home, read up what the Assyrians were like. They were horrible, horrible people. They did horrible things to people. There's a reason he did not want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want them to be saved. But we, we have nowhere near that. We don't just have an exceedingly great city. We have an exceedingly great nation. And you are called to bring the gospel to your neighbor. To, and to serve missionaries, to support missionaries as they bring the gospel to the nations. But go out to your mission field, in your family, in your workplace, in your hobbies, wherever it may be. Go tell the story of the love of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. The great peace and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith, the life everlasting. Amen. Please stand and sing, Create in Me.